When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. My talkers, you have made it to Friday. We are getting you into your uh, late afternoon, early evening, and sending you uh, all the way to the weekend with MoJ here on Max, or, uh, on uh, <laughs> My Talk 1071. What were you going to say? Uh, my old radio oh, station. Old radio. I knew it was going to happen eventually, and it just happened. So. There you go. We, 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 we don't even hear it. <laughs> we forget where we work, too. Yeah, this is happens. the Today Show with Lori and Julie. <laughs> That's right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Sitting in for Hoda and Jenna. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I think we heard the same thing. What? So we are giving away our last pair of pink tickets today later That's in right. our show. Mm-hmm. When you hear, do you have the song, Mike? I, here's the song okay. uh, that we're going to play. And when you hear this song, it's when you start calling. So don't call now. Don't, no, call, don't, don't call now. But listen and know but that this is just, the song you'll be waiting for. Stood album. <laughs> it's considered one of the top 100 best party songs. And Linda Perry revealed two years ago... She originally uh, wrote that song for Madonna and oh. turned it down. Wow. And the whole song is in one chord, B minor. Oh, good. Which is why we're yes. singing it today. And if you watch the video, which is super fun, you know, she's getting ready, going to the club, going out, and she ends up at the club and who she's dancing with. Kevin Federline is one of the back, mm. one of the dancers mm. in the video. Back in the day when Back Kevin in the had day, a shape. Because it's 2001. Yes. It's was- Kevin Federline and Jervon Lambert are the two guys she dances with at the end of that Oh, uh, that's video. a good little tip. I want to watch for that then. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so but, but the other shows have been thrown off this week. Oh, cause because they've been playing Never Gonna Not Dance Again by Pink as a bumper music and people are calling. It was so funny. And so I'm listening as I'm getting ready to come into work today at like 1130 or something and all of a sudden... Um, Don and Steve are talking about this video they made today or something. And um, all of a sudden they're like, oh my gosh, well, people want to, oh no, about their energy drink they're taking. They always do. They're hysterical. Steve has a new thing and makes Donna do it with them in Rocco. <laughs> and so it's an energy drink. And so people wanted, oh my gosh, look at all the people that want to call in and talk about the energy drink. Nobody wants to talk about energy drinks. Or so maybe funny. three people want to talk, but that's it. It's not going to so light funny. up the fire. Donna the phone just let Steve go. I just yeah. love it because he's like, oh gosh, here we go again. And so... um all of a sudden, people are calling in so excited that they and won. They, yeah, tickets. and they're like, "Guten Tag!" Yeah, and like, "Did I win?" You know, "Did I win?" <laughs> I mean, Mike, you heard it. Yeah, I heard that uh, segment, and then actually yesterday we had a. It wasn't even a pink song; it was just another song later on in our show that started playing, and the phone lines people blew up. It was I was pink. like, "What is this?" And then, sure enough, everyone thought it was pink, so they oh, were calling in. So people are very excited about it's those. A tickets. It's a hot ticket. They're yes. not even for sale. sale yet. Yeah, they go on sale Monday morning uh, at ten a.m. Pink was on um, 
GMA this morning. Um, what's his name? Can't think of his name. Craig. Uh, no, Craig, Craig Melvin is no, on TT. Yeah, show the, the, I know who the you're GMA guy. Can't um, think of it. But he went to her place or, you know, out in California yeah. and just she says this is her best album ever. And wow. all week long. Is it I, out yet? No, it's out like in February. The single okay. is out. But I was looking back and I just, she has so many great songs. Best. Like Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. Can sing anything. Just amazing. And uh, so anyway, I thought, yeah, we're going to go all the way back to almost the beginning of Pink with Get the Party Started because that is such a great yeah. And she's going to be at Target Field Target with warm-up guest Pat Benatar and mm-hmm. someone else. August 10th. Thursday, Thursday night, night, which will not be the Cat Video Festival. Mm-mm. We made sure of that. Yeah. It's going to be a big night. Now, I think this weekend people might get their uh, shopping started. People are just kind of like, oh, the gift ideas. It's like... It's, it's, it's happening. It's, it's happening time. at Thanksgiving. So, anyway, Glamour had a great um, 40 different ideas for people who like cozy or they're always cold. So I kind of like that. I mean, Julia, you were looking at some for me. I saw these great little hand warmers and, uh, you know, that were like $28 and like these, just a lot of fuzzy. This is the cozy season, but I appreciate Glamour putting that together. And we posted that for you. If you need to get a list going or, Right. To me, that's always the thing. I got to go, okay, who am I shopping for? Well, I and know. Look at we, it need that to, way. we need to get some things going in our family to figure out who's, yeah. <sighs> I know. I what, almost, what to do? I know. And I almost feel like everyone's too old. Maybe to you do make a, a donation and all your children's name. Like no, my that's mom a, offered yeah. to do for my grand, my kids one year. And I'm like. When they were like nine. Like, no. Nine and seven or no. eight. And I'm like, no. oh, that'll go over big. Well, big. you do that. And then I'll buy other presents and wrap them from you. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, oh, that's we'll never just, a good they idea. They just want to donate. I know it. I know yeah, it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. you're right. I it's, mean, my mom, she's like, of course, done. buying gifts. Done. You've already done her? No, my mom is done. She oh. shops, you know, kind of a little bit year round. Yeah, I and then even... she puts sticky notes on the presents and puts it in a present closet because she so she can remember year... what the heck she bought it for and who for who. Yes. Because sometimes she can't remember who she had it in mind. Right. I'm like, mom, maybe you're over buying presents. <laughs> she said, no, it's my memory. Well, yeah, there you go. Yeah. No, so. that's not a bad idea. And hopefully, when we come back to work on Monday morning, Twitter will still be alive. Oh, I am just heart sick in my heart about Twitter. I knew when Elon Musk bought it that it seemed, and I thought, no, he spent forty-four billion dollars. Is he going to destroy a company over? I mean, that's so much money. He could have just paid a ten billion dollar fine and walked away. And ego. There's ego. so many people that have left. They're the word is that there won't be engineers there to like keep it up and going. I, I'm just, I'm heart sick. I'm heart sick about it. I love Twitter more than anything. I know. I I, I don't engage with, uh, you know, I don't ever get in fights or we don't get in any kind of anything. I'm just, I like it. I just have always liked it. I love, I love knowing what's going on with Cher and Dan Rather and Lake Superior and Dion Warwick. I like, and, I like knowing. You know, knowing kind of like what's going on with uh, Elizabeth Theranos. You know, they're the judges sentencing her today. And what uh, Elizabeth Holmes is her name, yes, but I call Theranos, her Elizabeth Theranos because the that blood, was the company, the blood tester company, the yeah. one drop blood tester. When I last liar. checked Twitter, the defense had rested and it was eight hundred and forty million dollars that she defrauded her. The company defrauded investors out of. Oh, let's just hope. 
Yeah. I, I, I think she should, but then she kept getting, you know, she, she's pregnant for yeah. the second time in like two yeah. years. She's hoping that a pregnant pretty face is going to keep her out of jail. The pretty face are her words, not mine. Um, so keep your eye on Twitter while we have it. But yeah, I really, I mean, it's amazing. I was like watching last night. Yeah, Twitter is dead. Rip Twitter. This, this. Well, it's still happening. It's still yeah, alive. it's still happening. But I'm like, I, I don't know. I guess I'm gonna. We're gonna stay on it till the wheels fall off, whatever that means. And Stephen King. I like knowing what's going on in Stephen King's mind too. Who do you like to follow, Mike? Uh, a little bit of everything. Obviously, with sports, it's it's you just have to have it. Like that's why it's going to be really interesting to see after if something does happen with it, where all of these sports personalities, where all these insiders going to go. Because when it comes to instant news, I mean, breaking news in sports, that's Twitter's wheelhouse. I mean, that's where you go for everything when it comes yeah. to that. So yeah. it's going to be someone's got to pick that up, and I don't know. Who I know it will be. we don't know what that is, but damn it, what yeah. will happen to all of our tweets? Do they just <laughs> go away? I don't know. Anyway. I, I'm thinking back. I was just having like a Twitter deja vu to when the very first person to get a million followers was who? Ashton Kutcher. That's right. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. He was the very first one. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. All right. Okay, listen, we come back. It's our story we can't get enough of. How are we going to do late night talking, Harry? Oh, Harry. I wonder if his stand in L.A. is over yet, the 15-night. Well, it started, you know, wasn't he was Halloween. Yeah. I mean, it's November 19th. It stretched out, though. Sure. Anyway. And he was sick. He was sick. That's true. Well, last night were the Latin Grammys. Yes, they were. It's so funny because you sent me a picture of Christina Aguilera on the red carpet. And I almost sent you the screenshot of the same photo. She's in this. You did not. I did. I mean, we... So I don't know if people have a friend that you just always, once you see a picture that you know is going to drive them crazy, send it to them. Yeah. We have done this forever with each other. Yeah. And when I saw it, first of all, she looks gorgeous. But She's beautiful. Her her boobs look like they're on a dress platter. They're, they're just very, very beautiful to gaze upon. But the stays on the dress... So one boob is up higher than the other. And one, and they uh, look like grapefruit one, and a little and a, bigger grapefruit two. They were not proportional. And then, yeah, but I mean, she looked, she's, this was such a beautiful dress. She's, first of all, lovely. Gorgeous. And she did perform at the Latin Grammy Awards. And we posted uh, the whole of the red carpet. But I think the best moment at the Latin Grammys was that in the category of, um, Best new artist. Okay. Um, it was between this. Uh, who? What is her name? I got to get the name here. Alexa. Yes, Alexa, who we fell in love with. On Angela what? Alvarez. Okay, her and Silvana Estrada. Estrada for best new artist. So Mexican singer songwriter Silvana Estrada. Tied with the Cuban singer Angela Alvarez. Estrada had a breakthrough album called Marchita that people were going crazy for this year. And Alvarez made history as the oldest person to be nominated in the category of Best New Artist. She's 95 years old. And with her win, she officially becomes the oldest person to win a Grammy Award. Is it for singing? For Best New Artist. Okay, Lori, so you're saying... We haven't even discovered our chances That's yet. right. We've got time. and We've got time. And the young gal, um, you know, uh, Sil- uh, Silvana Estrada, she was very teary-eyed and, 
you know, she didn't prepare a speech and she was just like thanking her parents, very emotional. Now, the 95 year old, um, Wait, what did Angela she, Al- I Alvarez. Oh, she's so cute. I think, I don't know if she's in this red carpet, but she was not at all tearful. She had a prepared speech. Her eyes and her voice were clear. She thanked a long list of people, including the actor and director Andy Garcia for helping her get to this moment. And specifically, she thanked her grandson, who was the person who encouraged her at the age of 94 to record. Mike, please find find her singing for us so we at least can. Yeah, Angela Alvarez. And she said, I want to dedicate this award to God and to my beloved Cuba, which I will never forget. She obviously, you know, left there a long time ago. She was separated from her children for two years during the political turmoil in Cuba in in the 60s. And she said, to those who haven't made their dreams come true, know that although life is hard, there's always a way out. And with faith and love, everything can be achieved. Look at me. I promise you it's never too late. So that was really the big heartwarming moment that... of the night. We've got the song. Okay. This is her most uh, famous, or the most uh, played song she's okay. got. Okay. Uh, well, not sure how much instrumentals to start it, but... Sorry. I'm feeling like dancing. Uh-huh. Love the horn. Gave both best new artists standing ovations oh. after their speech. So. That is just such a great feel good story. Isn't that amazing? Congratulations, Angela Alvarez. Yes. And then, um, you oh. know, John Legend did a, a song with a Colombian singer, Sebastian Yatra. And then Elvis Costello joined this guy from Uruguay who's a rocker called Jorge Drexler. And they performed. So it was kind of a cool night. Christina Aguilera sang. She changed into a very sheer, like, leather and lace type of outfit. And then... Um, and then we got to meet... We got to meet Angela Alvarez, mm-hmm. who won Best New Artist at the And then we got to meet that other new person. The Tanorexic Manorex is, has a new fiancé. Oh, yes. Mark Anthony. Mark Anthony was there with his 23-year-old fiancé. An interchangeable string of with beauty queen every contestants. Single, the only woman that he's ever been with that even weighed over 95 pounds was Jennifer Lopez. Yeah. And, and that was in the same age, age category. Yeah. I mean, he every I feel like every two years he's engaged to the same looking woman. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there. The Unidentified Alien podcast or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, 
Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Five years younger. <laughs> you know what? Younger women think that they want to be bossed around by a rich older man, but after a couple of years, it's the, the luster wears off. And they want to eat. And they don't want to weigh more they than him. Eat and they don't want to be bossed around. Jeez. It, it just, the, the photo is like, wow. Yeah, it looks like his daughter, mm-hmm. for sure. For mm-hmm. sure. He's fine with it. By the way, I looked on Ticketmaster to see what was going on with Adele, because that show starts tonight at Caesars. Section 104, which is in the lower level, row A, $12,420. Oh, Right next to that, uh, those tickets are $23,000 a piece. Okay. Unbelievable. Seriously, if you have $23,000 to see Adele, just just save it and give it to charity. I mean, honestly, who but she, would pay for that? People who have more money than I guess. whatever. What do you, remember what we said, the difference between a million and a billion? That's a lot of extra cash. Um, so the uh, for twenty three thousand, you can come to my house and I'll put Adele on. Um, and what will you do on Amazon? And I'll give you down on your Amazon speaker. <laughs> right. That doesn't even sound good. But I'll buy a Dom Perignon. I'll buy some Dom Perignon. And I'll do a little dance. <laughs> I've got my tape on my KT tape. I do. I'm ready to go. Well, she sent out um, a uh, Instagram. So I guess we're not going to call him tweet, but she sent out a message on Instagram. She said. How nervous she is. So nervous and so excited. And I think being nervous before a big show is always good for you. Of course. And, you know. uh, I bet she's going to be great. She did her fans dirty. She totally does. And she. Just like Taylor knew that uh, she had to make a statement about her, about Ticketmaster today. And she, she, you know, was radio silent the last Three days, three days as Ticketmaster as screwed lives up. Were being ruined. Right. And um, apparently, uh, yeah. T- oh, God, Lori. Ticket- Lori. Do you know what she wrote? No, I have to laugh at what someone just sent you. Hmm. And a little um, email. Yeah. To you. It's to both of us. I think you two have plenty of time to make it. Sing in B minor. And Lori can dedicate her songs to rechargeable batteries. <laughs> Here. Ben could be called Eargasm. Yeah. Good luck. And remember Steve when you make it big. Oh, that's funny. That's hysterical, Steve. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. It's an eargasm, not an orgasm. Yeah, it is. What could be better? All right, go back to Taylor Swift. Well, this yeah, is she what she had to say something. Yeah, but she waited. So this is what she said. It goes without saying, I'm extremely protective of my fans. We've been doing this for decades together. And over the years, decades? Been around, Two decades, okay. I brought so many elements of my career in my house. I've done this specifically to improve the quality of my fans' experience. Blah, blah, blah. It's really difficult for me to trust an outside entity with these relationships and loyalties and excruciating for me to just watch mistakes happen with no recourse. There are a multitude of reasons why people had such a hard time trying to get tickets. And I'm trying to figure out how this situation can be improved going forward. by Ticketmaster. Anyway, I don't know really why she doesn't her buy that people she went said, through several bear attacks right. to get but tickets. But she basically said, I've brought everything in house I can control possible. I've brought yep. my music, I do everything. I don't have a ticket purchasing venue yet. Yeah. Get on it, Taylor. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. It, it, 
There was a lot of words. It felt a little... Wordy? Wordy for me, but whatever. At least she addressed it. She did. All right. You know the music. You know the guy. We're delighted. Chris Hewitt is with us in the studio from the Star Tribune. Movie and theater critic and ice skating critic. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, the ice... We have to start with the movie, though, that you had in the paper today. The, the, the review, She Said. Is your mic on? Mike, is his mic on? Mike yeah. is on, yeah. All right. Uh, she so, Said. So it's based on the bestseller by the New York Times reporters Jody Cantor and Megan Toohey. Right. And that basically brought Harvey Weinstein down, along with Ronan Farrow, who's briefly mentioned in the movie, but mm-hmm. not too much. Uh, and Carrie Mulligan plays Megan Toohey, and Zoe Kazan plays Jody Cantor. Love them both. Love them both. And the movie does a really good job of, like, so I'm probably kind of a limited audience for this, but whenever I see a movie or TV show that's set at a newspaper, I'm like, nobody wears that. That's not the kind of notebook oh, you well, use. Yeah. That's right, right, not right. what a newsroom looks right, like. Yeah. Like, for instance, do you guys watch Alaska Daily on TV? Yes, yes, we like that. I like it, too. Hillary Swank. But they're detectives. They're not journalists. journalists. Okay, They've right. got, like, a murder board. Right. And right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> anyway, so that's an example of getting it wrong. This movie is an example of getting it right. Like, every detail of newspaper reporting, to me, felt really accurate, and including the fact that it takes them months to find these people, and then more months to get them to, to get them to talk. It takes forever to like, d- establish a relationship. Sure, and in some cases, like Jody Cantor ends up going to London and basically showing up at the door of one of the former Weinstein assistants to try to get her to talk. And even then, she doesn't agree to talk for another month after that. So anyway, they get the kind of journalism part of it right. Okay. And I think the the two main women are great. The movie tries to be about the women themselves too. And it's kind of a trickier thing to do because a lot of them didn't want to talk and didn't talk for a long time. And even then kind of remained in the shadows. And there are famous people who were less crucial to the reporting, but who obviously steal the spotlight because it's Gwyneth Paltrow. Right, right. right. And Naomi Judd plays herself in the movie, which throws it off a little bit, I think too. But in general, the movie is very good. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, I know Roger Friedman really liked it and felt like you that the, realistic journalistic part of how they had to just it was unbelievable the tightrope of uncertainty and trying to get people to go on record he said you know was on par with like a spotlight yeah you know i mean one thing you kind of wonder or at least i wonder as somebody who has multiple deadlines to meet a week Mm -hmm. is these people seem not to actually write a story for about seven months. So and do you, I don't know if that was the case. So but. your editor doesn't just say, I want you to go do an in-depth story on the movie industry. Well, maybe, but they also do all the other stuff that sure. you usually do, you still too. have all these timelines. Okay. They're yeah. like investigative reporters, I guess, and I think mm-hmm. their deadline situation is yeah. a little bit different. They're probably just feeling jealous. They also have a lot of money to spend, apparently, because they go to London well, at the drop of the You know, we forget in 2017, like, that was bombshell reporting Huge. that came out. It sent the ripple effects. Right. I mean, it brought down Harvey Weinstein, It which had been... We've come to find out this open secret in Hollywood for years and years. Yeah, and that's another thing, journalistically, the movie does really well, is you have that sense of them. And in fact, the two reporters and uh, three editors 
are at one of their computers in the seconds before they're deciding, okay, do we have enough to publish? Do we hear back from this person? And then they hit send. And it is very suspenseful. Yeah, I Because we this. know what yeah. happened. Yeah. That, right, right. When that we paper was, right. I think it was a Sunday that that story was in the paper. And you're right. I mean, it dropped like a bombshell. It did. It what was the it name in... of the Ronin book again? Because I read it. I can't think of the name of it. I can't I remember either. Because he had to go back and forth with legal so many times to well, verify the information. Well, and the Show Rock blocked him. They yes, they did. on that story like uh, ABC said on, uh, you know, the story about Jeffrey Epstein with Amy Robach. Yeah. Well, and in this movie, there are times when they say, okay, we hear Ronan's working on a story and they're sort of deciding, okay, do we try to beat him? Mm-hmm. Do we try to be better than him? Do we somehow mm-hmm. figure out a combination of the two? So that is Is it in what, a wide release movie? Yeah. She okay. said. It'll be everywhere. She said. And, and do you, is it feel documentary-ish or does it feel no. like a real enjoyable movie? It, I mean, I think documentaries are enjoyable too. Well, I know, yeah. I know, but, but you know what? I, I, there's it has a difference. some suspense. Okay. And so yeah, it's a movie. It's a fictionalized account it's a of movie a movie about a movie, movie. scene in a movie theater. That's movie. right. Jeez, Louise, we are moving on from that. <laughs> Docudrama would be a word. Thank for you. It. Yeah, you gave Thank it you. three and a half stars. Wow. Or three stars. Mm, I think I gave it three. Okay. How about what else have you seen? What else is uh, obviously Black Wakanda? Yes, which Black I really Panther. liked more than Black the first Wakanda. one. Black Wakanda, Wakanda forever. <laughs> I didn't know what Women, was going to come next. Yeah. yeah. $400 um, million dollars at the box office. Are you surprised at all? No. I mean, people were. Uh, it, it, people would have liked it to have come out quite a few years ago. Sure. Uh, so, no, I think there was a, an audience waiting and eager for it. Okay. Uh, Menu is another movie that opens this hey, Friday that I have seen. Tell me about seen. this. This looks good. It is. You have to, it has some brutality that might not speak to you. Because these people go to this Who island. Is it, first of all? Ray Fiennes. Okay. Yes. And Nicholas Holt mm-hmm. and Anya Taylor-Joy. Okay. And Nicholas Holt and Anya Taylor-Joy play a couple, or at least we think they're a couple. It turns out there's more to the story than that. Okay. Who go to this island with probably a dozen other people to go to this exclusive restaurant, which is basically a parody of Noma in Copenhagen, the supposedly world's most... Exclusive Best restaurant. restaurant. Okay. Yeah. And Ray finds the chef and they sit down for this tasting menu and he's like from the get go, sort of a sadist. And oh. you get this sense of him like What is he gonna serve? Right. What is he gonna serve? I do not want to eat toast. He's constantly today. like clapping his hands loudly in a way that's very jarring and that sort of uh wakes everybody up from their apparently delicious foods. But things take an ugly turn pretty quickly. And the movie, I think you could say, is kind of an absurdist satire of not only celebrity chefs, but also the people who, like, always want to eat the next big thing. Oh, yeah. And the people who invest money. You know, they in have these... a name, Menu Chasers. Menu Chasers. I'm oh, just I didn't kidding. know that. I just made oh. that up. I kind of like it. Yeah. I kind of think so, yeah. too. <laughs> they're the, oh, they're, you know them. They're the Menu Chasers. The Stephanie's better go see this movie. Right. right? They're the yeah, Menu Chasers. It's definitely going to appeal to people who work in that industry. Like <laughs> did her. you like it? I did. You did. It's fun. But I will say, I don't think it's necessarily evident from the advertising that it's going to be as bloody and violent as it is, and is it, it is bloody and violent. It, it is. is rated R. Is yeah. it a murder? Does a murder happen in the kitchen? Or Julia, is... it's an it's an island. Whenever groups of oh, uh, exclusive groups of people go to an island, we know this from Agatha Christie. Things <laughs> happen. There is a little bit There's of only one way out and one way off. <laughs> yeah, I know it's true. I just read a book where everybody went to this island. There is bound to be. Blood and guts <laughs> happening in anything that's set on a remote, exclusive island. Do not go to that island. That's right. Oh, the menu. And again, is that a wide release or streaming? No, no. It's, uh, it's in theaters, theaters and okay. it's pretty wide, yeah. Okay. 
All right. Okay, I have two movie options this weekend. Just wait. Next okay. Wednesday is going to get Wednesday, really good. Okay. We've got a lot. Okay. Right. Tell us what's right. happening next Wednesday. Well, Saturday. first, before we get there, because okay. we can do that when we come back to, um, I want to know, because I started it today, Disenchanted, Amy Adams, Patrick Dempsey, like, thumbs up, thumbs up. Maya Rudolph? Yeah. Did you get far enough to see Maya I, Rudolph? I didn't. Uh, I she's started. The, she's the bad guy. Yes. You know, I... Liked it because I really like Amy Adams in that part. It's a sequel to Enchanted, which came out, gosh, what? 15 like, years was it ago. That long ago. Yes. Glory mm-hmm. and I took my boys. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So it's a sequel to that. And she's still this princess who kind of wanders in the real world and doesn't quite get it. She doesn't understand sarcasm. She takes everything very literally because she's an extremely sincere person. It's a musical, but now she married her Prince Charming, Patrick Dempsey, and it's 15 years later, and they have two kids, and they move to the suburbs, and she tries to fit in with, essentially, the real housewives of Aloria, or whatever the the right. land is in the movie. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, but it's a little bit scattershot, I think. Okay. Like, parts of it work. They can't decide if they want Amy Adams to be the main character or her teenage daughter who hates living in the suburbs. Sure. It needed a script doctor like Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher, I think, could have done wonders. It does have some very funny Carrie Fisher-ish, Fisher-ish lines. Oh, really? And like I said, Maya Rudolph plays the the essentially the head of the Real Housewives. And of course, James Marsden is back. Yes. James Marsden. He doesn't have a huge part, he but he's funny. He's okay. funny. He's sort of making fun of him himself. And, and his... Patrick Dempsey sings. I... Do we know that for sure? Because it looks he to me like he was night. dubbed. He said it last night. He sat down with Jimmy Kimmel. Okay. And he said, I sing and I dance. Then he's not a very good lip syncer because it seems like that's not him singing. Oh, interesting. All right. I'll have to watch for that. He's beautiful. But uh, Amy Adams and my Rudolph was thing and, and the teenage daughter whose name I don't know of the actor, but, but she Amy, sings a lot. she can sing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. She got her start at Jane Yes, yeah, she we did. All know. Right. Oh gosh. I love it. All right, so I'm not going to watch that. Of course, you Enchanted. I did go see Enchanted at the We loved theater. it. We loved it. This oh. one is not in theaters. It's a uh, Disney. It's Plus. just Disney Plus. Yeah. And speaking of Chan Hassan, did you guys see? I had a little item in the paper today. Another Chan Hassan actor might be about to become yes. a star. Yes. Caroline Innerbickler. Have you guys interviewed her? I looked at the picture and I forgot to tell you, Lori. I think we've seen her. We've met and her. And she's going to Broadway. Yes. She's going to be in a Broadway show, a new, brand new Broadway musical that opens in April. Called. Shocked. It's about corn Being, farmers. Oh, corn farmers. Okay. Okay. Well, that's cool. That's very cool. All right. Listen, uh, we're, we're talking with Chris Hewitt from the Star Tribune. You can follow him on Twitter as long as Twitter is still going. We're fingers crossed. <laughs> and we're going to talk about uh, the movies that open next week. Um, the Fablemans, Devotion, starring Jonathan Majors and our boyfriend, Glenn Powell. True story. And then Bones and All, the Timothy Chalamet movie. And then maybe some holiday uh, show ideas um, in theaters. Yes, lots of good ones. All right, we'll be right back. Well, it's about damn time that we get some movie reviews from Chris Hewitt from the Star Tribune. I know it. Thank you for being here. Okay, next Wednesday, you know, Thanksgiving weekend kind of kicks off the movie season and we have three uh, movies opening. Let's start with Spielberg's The Fablemans. It is, I mean, all of his movies are kind of about his life. This one is the most explicitly about his life, Mm -hmm. though. It's about when he was a teenager, and uh, the way it's presented in the movie, he likes to make both home movies and movie movies. He makes a movie that's basically a precursor to Saving Private Ryan at one point. But he's making taking home movies of the family on a camping trip. Is he like 12, or how old is he? Uh, At that point, he's more like 15, I think. 15, okay. 
And in the back, as he's editing it together, the scenes of his sisters roasting marshmallows in uh, over a campfire. In the background, he notices his mom is having an affair with his dad's best friend. So oh. it's kind of a pivotal oh. event of his life, of oh. the character's life, and it was of Steven Spielberg's life. And so he, from that, it it kind of suggests how. In a lot of Steven Spielberg's movie, there are emotionally bottled up characters or mm-hmm. it feels like he's never. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Are you interested in exploring the complexities of characters? You would rather deal with, you know, outer space or whatever? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it kind of gives you ins- insight to him as a filmmaker. And then this kid has this sort of journey where he goes to high school and he encounters anti-Semitism and maybe falls in love. And then he sneaks onto a Hollywood lot and hangs around with some big time Hollywood. And it's really his story. It's, it's, it's inspired by his story and it's very close to the truth. I I heard him give an interview and he just said, yeah, you know, he wanted to wait and I think till his parents were gone, he's wanted to make this, Share this story. Right. Yeah, I think we've talked about our mutual uh, CBS Sunday Morning love, right? Oh, Did yes. you see that that clip on CBS Sunday Morning of his parents talking about? Yes. When they revealed to him that they were splitting up, and mm-hmm. his dad basically took the fall, even though his mom was the one who died. Mm-hmm. It was really interesting. Yeah. And the movie too. It feels like more so than any other movie that he has made. He is allowing for, you know, the kind of complexity that happens where people are not good or bad. They right. do some things that they shouldn't have done. Yeah. And it's really interesting. And, and and like I said, it helps you kind of figure out who he becomes as a filmmaker. So where He did that... cast someone a lot better looking than him and, oh, as did. himself. Yeah, well, that's who, a good who idea. Plays himself? Do we know the... His name is uh, Gabriel LaBelle, I okay. think. He okay. was actually on that American Gigolo series that was terrible oh. on Showtime. Yeah, <laughs> except for Rosie O'Donnell and John Bernthal. She was great. She was great. I would love to see more of Jones Sunday. Yeah, and forget about the gigolo. Yeah. So the guy who plays Spielberg played the young John Bernthal. Okay, okay. Well, you know what? Uh, Your review will be in the paper next Wednesday. Correct. Correct. All right. So, and um, I want to see this movie. And I think, Julia, we've read so much about it that people are really liking it. It's looking like it's it's a best picture frontrunner. Okay, so our boyfriend, Glenn Powell, was on with uh, Kimmel the other night. And why, about why we say that is we met him in his very first movie. Hidden Figures. Hidden Figures. At, at the, the SAG, SAG Awards with his parents. Mm-hmm. And we kind of took him under our wing. Oh, how nice of you. <laughs> yes, yeah, right. we really did. <laughs> Mike Those laughing. are broad shoulders to take under your well, small wings. Well, we're here to please. <laughs> but he was talking about how this has been a movie he felt passionate about making. And Jonathan Major, he... Glenn plays a wingman, and Jonathan Majors plays this a Navy pilot. Both Navy pilots, pilots. yeah. In devotion. And I think it's a true story. It is based on a true story, and in fact, at the end, you find out just how true it is. It's, it's again, it seems to follow very closely to the facts of it. I would like you guys to send your friend Glenn Powell a note and say, 
your audience wants to, you to take your shirt off in the oh, locker room. That's true. And Jonathan Majors, and because Jonathan Majors. both of them are featured in locker rooms repeatedly. With shirts on? Never take so much it as a shower. It was during the Korean War. Nobody, Doesn't matter, Julia. People take their shirt off. Did people get naked in the 50s? They took off their shirts they did, yes. in locker rooms. Yes, come they? on. Do you think it's because of the director? No. Well, it is kind of a, um, I would say, old-fashioned okay. movie. Okay. I don't know about family because, you know, it gets into some fairly dark territory in the mm-hmm. Korean War. But it has that feel, I think I say in my review next week, of kind of one of those Gary Cooper getting ready for battle and, you know, sticking by your colleagues in the heat of the moment kind of a thing. Both of them go to Well, Glenn Korea. was like very like, he basically, you know, the top, I mean, he's like so grateful because when he found out about this guy, he was like, this guy's life should be a movie. Oh, yeah. You know. And it looks like, it appears, again, but based on the end credits, and I don't want to give anything away, but based on the end credits, it appears like he stayed in very close contact with the family of the real character, character. in the movie. Played by Jonathan Majors. Who's played by yeah. Jonathan Majors, who's so beautiful as well. Yes, he is. And the movie's called what again? Devotion. 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 It's not the best title. No, you it isn't. You can't really tell what's going on from anything. that title. No. No. It sounds it's a little bit like... It's in the Korean War. It's, yeah. Not a new fragrance by Cody, which is Mm -hmm. what devotion kind of sounds like. Right. Was Joe Jonas any good? He's okay. He's one of their fellow uh pilots. It's not a super flashy part, but yeah, I think he does a good job. Okay. Tell us about this Timothy Chalamet movie, Bones and All, which is a cannibal movie. And I know what it it is when it debuted in Rome last week, like the the Roman teenagers and, you know, young women were like, they practically... You know, stormed the place because he was there. <laughs> well, and he's very Timothy in it. I mean, it's sort of another. I love of these... that you say that, Timothy Double <laughs> E. Yeah, it's like kind of a latter day, almost James Dean type, dreamy, romantic, misunderstood type character. It's kind of a road movie. The main character actually is not the Timothy Chalamet character. It's the woman, a young woman who's played by Taylor, Taylor Russell. And in the opening scenes of it, she's in high school, and we discover in a very disturbing scene. This, again, will not be for you, Julia. Mm -mm. Okay. God, Uh, I love how people know me. (laughs) (laughs) That she is a cannibal. And so she has to move in the middle of the night, and it ends up that she meets Timothy Chalamet. And eats Timothy Chalamet. Also a cannibal, conveniently. Oh. Uh, Where's that website? Cannibals are us. (laughs) Cannibaler. Instead of Growler. Uh, And they go on a road trip to find her family, which coincidentally is in Bagley, Minnesota. You're kidding. No, so none of it was filmed here. It was filmed in Nebraska. But so they talk a lot about Detroit Lakes and Fergus Falls. She goes to visit her grandmother, who I think lives in Detroit Lakes. And they go to a um, mental health facility in Fergus Falls. So Minnesota is kind of involved and certainly talked about a lot. Oh, and Mark Rylance, who has been at the Guthrie several times. Yes, he's in it. It plays the third main character another cannibal oh my uh, word yeah did you like it i did you know the cannibalism sort of works as a metaphor for a period of your life when you feel things really intensely mm-hmm. and love and everything else mm-hmm. and the central romance is actually i mean if you can get past yes. the fact that yeah. they're constantly wiping blood off their mouths right it's kind of sweet okay bones and all you guys oh my gosh all right so three your top three holiday 
shows so to go to. In theaters. In theaters, uh, yeah. Uh, it, not movies, but yes, plays. in plays, sorry. I, I would say I'm very excited to see a show that opens actually tonight at The Jungle, which is they've done three holiday plays inspired by Pride and Prejudice. Mm-hmm. And the new one, which I have a story in the paper about today, is called Georgiana and Kitty, and I think that's going to be good. Okay. Uh, I'm very excited to see this new, another brand new show at Theater Latte Da called yes. Christmas at the Local, which I think is going to be a collection of stories and songs and oh, just sort of a wonderful. cozy. Yeah. Uh, I know the Dylan Thomas Christmas story that a lot of people love is part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's another one. They're and coming I th- on in a few weeks. Yeah. And Oh, are they? Yeah. And I think my third, again, sorry to double up on Latte Da, but. Also, they're doing, they have done this show many years called A Christmas Carol Peterson with yep. Todd Peterson oh, yes. talking about, oh, he's the greatest. He's the best. Talking about his mom. And this year, Latida is doing it at Crooners. So it's being done, I don't know if it's going to be different if it's a, a supper club. His mom has died, I think, yes. since the last yeah, time yes. he did it. So he that did. might alter the show. But I like that. I yeah, I think too. it'll be good. It's only maybe four performances okay. in a couple of weeks, but I definitely am looking forward we to it. We to... played that. Remember we podcasted with Todd and we, we did, did po- Christmas Carol Peterson Oh, nice! last year during the holiday season yeah. and we played that for free for people. He's such a great actor. He's... And did you know he's playing the part that James Corden played in the movie version of The Prom at Chanhassen? Is he? When they start in oh, February, God. he's going to be so Perfect. good at that. How about, is there a show for kids? Like, if you want to take kids, is there something plain? I would say uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Reed Sigmund is the Grinch in that show. Is that a children's theater? It's a children's theater company, and that is not just children's theater or not Mm -hmm. just musicals. It's one of the best performances in town. All right, cool. Wonderful. Thank you, Chris. Thank you so much. Thank you. We appreciate it. Follow Chris on Twitter as long as it's still out there. Or pick up the newspaper. Catch me in. For nine years, a dangerous man terrorized women, breaking into homes and raping his victims before killing a brilliant young scientist in 1998. The more the victims resisted, the more violent he became. Then he suddenly stops, leaving police with a lot of clues and one unknown subject. I'm Paul Wagner. Join me for Unknown Subject, season three of WTOP's American Nightmare podcast series. Search American Nightmare podcast on all podcast platforms today.